Chapter 18, Part 1 of The Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alessandro Manzoni. Chapter 18, Part 1 that same day the thirteenth of november an express arrived to the signor podesta of lecchio and presented him with a dispatch from the signor the high sheriff containing an order to make every possible strict investigation to ascertain whether a certain young man bearing the name of lorenzo tramaglino silk weaver who had escaped from the hands of predisi egregii domini capitanii had returned palam vel clam to his own country ignotum the exact village vernum in territorio lucii quod si compertum furit sic esse the signor podesta must endeavor quanta maxima diligentia ferreri poterit to get him into his hands and having sufficiently secured him vedelicit with strong handcuffs seeing that the insufficiency of smaller manacles for the aforementioned person has been proved must cause him to be conducted to prison and there detained under strong custody until he be consigned to the officer who shall be sent to take him and in case either of success or non-success aceditis ad domum preadisti laurentii tramalini et facta debita diligentia quid quid ad rem repertum furit offeratus et informationis de ilius prava qualitate vita et complicibus sumatis and of all his sayings and doings what is found and not found what is taken and not taken diligenter referatis after humanely assuring himself that the object of inquiry had not returned home the signor podesta summoned the village constable and under his direction proceeded with a large retinue of notaries and bailiffs to the above-mentioned house the door was locked and either no one had the key or he was not to be found they therefore forced the locks with all due and praiseworthy zeal which is equivalent to saying that they proceeded as if taking a city by assault the report of this expedition immediately spread in the neighborhood and reached the ears of father cristoforo who no less astonished than grieved sought for some information as to the cause of so unexpected an event from everybody he met with he could only however gather airy conjectures and contradictory reports and at last therefore wrote to father bonaventura from whom he imagined he should be able to acquire some more precise information 
in the meanwhile renzo's relations and friends were summoned to depose all that they knew about his depraved habits to bear the name of tramaglino became a misfortune a disgrace a crime and the village was quite in a commotion by degrees it became known that renzo had escaped from the hands of justice during the disturbance at milan and had not since been seen it was whispered about that he had been guilty of some high crime and misdemeanor but what it was no one could tell or they told it in a hundred different ways the more heinous the offence with which he was charged the less was it believed in the village where renzo was universally known as an honest respectable youth and many conjectured and spread the report that it was merely a machination set on foot by the powerful don rodrigo to bring about the ruin of his unfortunate rival so true is it that judging only by induction and without the necessary knowledge of facts even the greatest villains are sometimes wrongfully accused but we who have the facts in our possession as the saying is can affirm that if don rodrigo had had no share in ronzo's misfortunes yet that he had rejoiced in them as if he had been his own work and triumphed over them among his confidants especially with count attilio this friend according to his first intention should have been by this time at milan but on the first announcement of the disturbances that had arisen there and of the rabble whom he might encounter in a far different mood than tamely to submit to a beating he thought it expedient to postpone his journey until he received better accounts and the more so because having offended many he had good reason to fear that some who had remained passive only from impotency might now be encouraged by circumstances and judge it a favorable opportunity for taking their revenge the journey however was not long delayed the order dispatched from milan for the execution against renzo had already given some indication that things had returned to their ordinary course and the positive notices which followed quick upon it confirmed the truth of these appearances count atelio set off immediately enjoining his cousin to persist in his undertaking and bring it to an issue and promising on his part that he would use every means to rid him of the friar to whom the fortunate accident of his cousin's beggarly rival would be a wonderful blow scarcely had atelio gone when grisio arrived safe and sound from monza and related to his master what he had been able to gather that lucia had found refuge in such a monastery under the protection of the signora so-and-so that she was concealed there as if she were a nun herself never setting foot outside the threshold and assisting at the services of the church behind a little grated window an arrangement which was unsatisfactory to many who having heard some mention of her adventures and great reports of her beauty were anxious for once to see what she was like this account inspired don rodrigo with every evil passion or to speak more truly rendered still more ungovernable 
those with which he was already possessed so many circumstances favorable to his design had only further inflamed that mixture of punctilio rage and infamous desire of which his passion was composed renzo absent banished outlawed so that any proceedings against him became lawful and even that his betrothed bride might be considered in a measure as the property of a rebel the only man in the world who would and could interest himself for her and make a stir that would be noticed in headquarters and at a distance the enraged friar would himself probably be soon incapable of acting for her yet here was a new impediment which not only outweighed all these advantages but rendered them it might be said unavailing a monastery at monza even had there not been a princess in the way was a bone too hard even for the teeth of a rodrigo and wandered in his fancy round his this retreat as he would he could devise no way of or means of assaulting it either by force or fraud he was almost resolved to give up the enterprise to go to milan by a circuitous route so as to avoid passing through monza and there to plunge himself into the society of his friends and their recreations so as to drown in thoughts of gaiety the one idea which had now become so tormenting but 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 his friends softly a little with these friends instead of diverting his mind he might reasonably expect to find in their company an incessant renewal and memento of his vexation for Attilio would certainly have published the affair and put them all in expectation everybody would make inquiries about the mountain girl and he must give some answer he had wished he had tried and how had he succeeded he had engaged in an undertaking rather an unworthy one certainly but what of that one cannot always regulate one's caprices the point is to satisfy them and how had he come off in the enterprise how put down by a peasant and a friar ah uh, and when an unexpected turn of good fortune had rid him of one and a skilful friend of the other without any trouble on the part of the principal person concerned he like a fool knew not how to profit by the juncture and basely withdrew from the undertaking it would be enough to make him never again dare to hold up his head among men of spirit or compel him always to keep his hand on his sword and then again how could he ever return to however remain in that village and that country where let alone the incessant and bitter remembrances of his passion he should always bear about with him the disgrace of its failure where the public hatred would have increased while his reputation for power and superiority would have proportionately diminished where he might read in the face of every ragamuffin even through a veil of profound references a galling you've been gulled and i'm glad of it the path of iniquity as our manuscript here remarks is broad but that does not mean that it is easy it has its stumbling blocks and its thorns and its course is tedious and wearisome though it be a downward course 
in this perplexity unwilling either to give up his purpose to go back or to stop and unable by himself to go forward a plan occurred to don rodrigo's mind by which he hoped to effect his design this was to take as a partner and assistant in his enterprise one whose hands could often reach beyond the views of others a man at once and devil to whom the difficulty of an undertaking was frequently an incentive to engage in it but this course also had its inconveniences and its dangers the more pressing the less they could be calculated upon beforehand since it was impossible to foresee where one might be led whence one embarked in an affair with this man a powerful auxiliary certainly but a not less absolute and dangerous guide these thoughts kept don rodrigo for several days in a state of worse than tedious perplexity in the meanwhile a letter arrived from his cousin informing him that the plot against the friar was going on very well following close upon the lightning burst forth the thunderclap one fine morning don rodrigo heard that father cristoforo had left the convent at pescarenico this success so prompt and so complete together with attilio's letter encouraging him onward and threatening him with intolerable ridicule if he withdrew inclined don rodrigo still more to hazard everything rather than give up but that which finally decided him was the unexpected news that agnes had returned home thus removing the one obstacle from around lucia we will relate how these two circumstances were brought about beginning with the last the two unfortunate women were scarcely settled in their retreat when the report of the disturbances in milan spread rapidly over monza and consequently through the monastery and following the grand news came an infinite succession of particulars which multiplied and varied every moment the portress situated just between the street and the monastery was the channel of information both from within and from without and eagerly receiving these reports retailed them at will to her guests two six eight four seven had been imprisoned they would hang them some before the bakehouse of the crutches some at the end of the street where the superintendent of provisions lived ay ay just listen now one of them escaped a man somewhere from lecchio or thereabouts i don't know the name but someone will be passing who will be able to tell me to see if you know him this announcement together with the circumstances that renzo would just have arrived at milan on the fatal day occasioned a great deal of disquietude to the women and especially to lucia but what must it have been when the portress came to tell them it is a man from your very village who has escaped being hung a silk weaver of the name of tramaglino do you know him lucia who was sitting hemming some needlework immediately let it fall from her hands she became extremely pale and changed countenance so much that the portress would certainly have observed it had she been nearer to her 
Fortunately, however, she was standing at the door with Agnes, who, though much disturbed, yet not to such a degree as her daughter, preserved a calm countenance and forced herself to reply that in a little village everybody knew everybody, that she was acquainted with him and could scarcely bring herself to believe that anything of the kind had happened to him. He was so peaceable a youth. She then asked if it was known for certain that he had escaped and whither. Everyone says he has escaped. Where to, they cannot say. It may be that they will catch him again, or it may be he is in safety. But if they do get hold of him, your peaceable youth. Fortunately, at this juncture, the portress was called away and left them. The reader may imagine in what state of mind for more than a day were the poor woman and her afflicted daughter obliged to remain in this painful suspense, imagining the causes, ways, and consequences of this unhappy event, and commenting in their own minds or in a low voice with each other on the terrible words their informer had left unfinished. At length, one Thursday, a man arrived at the monastery in search of Agnes. It was a fishmonger of Pescarinico, going to Milan, as usual, to dispose of his fish, and the good father Cristoforo had requested him, in passing through Monza, to call in at the monastery, to greet the women in his name, to tell them all he knew about this sad affair of Renzo's, to beseech them to have patience and put their trust in God, and to assure them that he would certainly not forget them, but would watch his opportunity for rendering them assistance, and, in the meantime, would not fail to send them all the news he could collect every week, either by this means or a similar one. The messenger could tell nothing new or certain about Renzo except of the execution put into his house, and at the search that was being made for him, but at the same time that this had been hitherto in vain, and that it was known for certain that he had reached the territory of Bergamo, such a certainty, it is unnecessary to say, was a balm to poor Lucia's wounded heart. From that time her tears flowed more freely and calmly. She felt more comforted in her secret bursts of feeling with her mother, and expressions of thankfulness began to be mingled with her prayers. Gertrude frequently invited her into her private apartment, and sometimes detained her there a long time, feeling a pleasure in the ingenuousness and gentleness of the poor girl, and in hearing the thanks and blessings she poured upon her benefactress. She even related to her, in confidence, a part, the blameless part, of her history, and of what she had suffered, that she might come there to suffer, till Lucia's first suspicious astonishment gradually changed to compassion. In that history she found reasons more than enough to explain what she thought rather strange in the behavior of her patroness, especially when she brought in to her aid Agnes's doctrine about the characters of the nobility. Nevertheless, though sometimes induced to return the confidence which Gertrude reposed in her. Yet she carefully avoided any mention of her fresh causes of alarm, 
of her new misfortune and of the ties which bound her to the escaped silk weaver lest she should run any risk of spreading a report so full of her shame and sorrow she also parried to the best of her ability all gertrude's inquisitive questions about herself previous to her betrothal but this was not so much from prudential motives as because such an account appeared to the simple-minded girl more perplexing more difficult to relate than all she had heard or thought it possible to hear from the signora in the history of that lady there was oppression intrigue suffering sad and mournful things but which nevertheless could be named in her own there was a pervading sentiment a word which she did not feel it possible to pronounce when speaking of herself and as a substitute for which she could never find a periphrases that did not seem to her mind indelicate love gertrude was sometimes tempted to be angry at these repulses but there always appeared behind them so much affection so much respect so much gratitude and even so much trustfulness sometimes perhaps that modesty so delicate so sensitive and mysterious displeased her still more on another account but all was quickly forgotten in the soothing thought that every moment recurred to her mind when contemplating lucia i'm doing her good and this was true for besides the asylum she had provided these conversations and her familiar treatment were some comfort to lucia the poor girl also found another satisfaction in constant employment she always petitioned for something to do and when she went into the signora's parlor generally took a little needlework with her to keep her fingers employed but what melancholy thoughts crowded her mind wherever she went while plying her needle an occupation to which hitherto she had given little attention her reel constantly presented itself to her view and with the reel how many other things the second thursday the same or another messenger arrived bringing salutations and encouragement from father cristoforo and an additional confirmation of renzo's escape but no more positive information about his misfortunes the reader may remember that the capuchin had hoped for some account from his brother friar at milan to whom he had given renzo a letter of recommendation he only replied however that he had seen neither letter nor person that a stranger from the country had certainly been to the convent in search of him but finding him out had gone away and had not again made his appearance the third thursday no messenger came which was not only depriving the poor woman of an anticipated and hoped for source of consolation but as it usually happens on every trifling occasion to those in sorrow and suspense was also a subject of much disquietude and a hundred tormenting suspicions agnes had for some time been contemplating a visit to her native village and this unexpected non-appearance of the promised messenger determined her upon taking such a step lucia felt very strange at the thought of being left without the shelter of her mother's wing 
but the longing desire she felt to know something and her sense of security in that guarded and sacred asylum conquered her great unwillingness and it was arranged between them that agnes should watch in the street the following day for the fishmonger who must necessarily pass that way on his return from milan and that she would ask him to be so good as to give her a seat in his cart to take her to her own mountains she met with him accordingly and asked if father cristoforo had given him no commission for her the fishmonger said that he had been out fishing the whole day before his departure and had received news nor message from the father agnes then made her request which being granted without hesitation she took her leave of the signora and her daughter with many tears and promising to send them some news soon and return as quickly as possible she set off End of chapter 18, part 1